This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast, a special podcast this week uh, reviewing the First round of the NFL draft, and it was an interesting one, to say the least, especially since it was especially interesting considering that we knew there was no quarterback sizzle in this draft. We knew quarterbacks were not going to be a part of the top 10. We knew they were not going to be a very big part of the round, and that usually takes away a lot of the luster. That was not the case this year, and especially in New York, where football has been deader than dead it was really revival Thursday night because considering the night that the Giants and the Jets had, especially the Jets, it's very rare that I can sit here and say both teams got everything right, but I have to sit here and say that both teams got everything right. They did everything the way it should have been done, and it is very rare to say that, all right? So to come off this first round, and there's still a lot of draft to play with, but to come off this first round and have that opinion of the two teams who have been so bad at administering their teams and building their football organizations, it is really nice to be able to sit here and say, hey, you know what? I am impressed by what both teams did. Let's start with the Jets since they picked first. I told you when I did the podcast preview with Mr. T that I thought Gardner was the best player in the draft. I thought he was the best player in college football. I watched Cincinnati play almost every week last year. The guy was a unique player, a corner who in his career had never and never gave up a scoring touchdown his entire career, not one year, not one month, his entire career in college, he never gave up a touchdown pass. As a matter of fact, if the quarterbacks throwing the ball at him had just thrown the ball into the ground rather than at him, they would have had a higher quarterback rating than they did throwing the ball at him. Now, it was rare to even challenge him. Most games, they didn't. It was like something I'd only seen against the Deion Sanders because nobody in college really attacked him. They really went the other way because they were afraid to put the ball in the air near him. And this is a corner with great confidence, great physical ability, and size. It's rare. You're not talking about a guy who's going to get beat up by receivers with size. He's not going to get beat up by small receivers. He's not going to get beat up by big receivers. And he's a receiver. He's a corner that can take your their best receiver out of the game one-on-one. And that creates matchup advantages for your defense that are untold. Because that is almost unheard of. 
It never happens except in the rarest of cases. Can you have a corner who can one-on-one take the other team's best receiver out of the game? It does not happen. It can happen with this player. So I never thought the Jets would take him at four. I really thought they were going to take an offensive lineman because they were worried about Becton. They didn't, and they didn't take one on the first round, which tells you they still believe in Becton. Hopefully they're right because that means that the offensive line can be solidified. It did not need to be addressed in the first round, and they could go get other people, which they did. On the second pick, the Jets went and got a wide receiver, an explosive one. Was he the best wide receiver in the draft? Maybe not, but you know what? He's a big play player, and he's a productive player, and I can't knock him being taken where he was taken. He should be a starter from day one, and he's a very, very big down-the-field threat. He is a home-run hitter, and that's what you were looking for. And then the Jets really solidified their night by going up, having the wherewithal, having the awareness and the smarts and the daring to trade back into the first round when they saw there was a player that they really wanted to get their hands on. And when they see that a player who could have been taken as, as high by some teams as five or six, and most of the teams admitted this was a player that could have gone that high, okay, who could have been put into that group, and they get Jermaine Johnson to play on the edge. And this guy is not just a pass rusher. He's a two-way player. He's a player who can play the run. He's a player you can leave on the field. He can play against the run. He can play against the pass. He's an accomplished edge rusher. He's got everything you want. He's got size. He's 6'5". He's 250. He's got everything you want. And he was extremely productive at the Senior Bowl. Everybody liked everything about him. The bottom line is they went up and they filled a need, a a really serious need, and were able to, at a premium position, go out there and get players. So the Jets went out and got a corner and went out and got an edge rusher. Two of the three things, the other would be a tackle, an offensive tackle. Other than quarterback, those are transitional positions in the NFL. Tackle, corner, edge rusher. You have to have players at those positions if you're going to win. They added an explosive player at wide receiver. And they had not a good, a great first round. Now, I told you from the beginning, I was not sold on the new giant hierarchy. I don't know either of them. I know of their reputations. I've had people who know both of them tell me they like them. But I want to see them in action. And we saw the Giants in action last night for the first time. And what last night told me was the Giants had a plan. They were prepared. They had worked out every possibility, and they knew what they were going to do when they were going to play a numbers game. They were going to get an offensive lineman, and they were going to get a pass rusher. They got both. 
They played into the strength of the draft. They played into the premium nature at transitional positions. They went and got big-time players. Now, here's the thing with their first pick at five. We know Thibodeau is an outspoken kid. We know how good he thinks he is. The thing you're going to worry about with this guy who has clearly, okay, explosive ability on the edge. The scary thing is they are going to get caught in the the next Lawrence Taylor stuff. And this kid's going to be able and I think willing to play into that. And that's not fair for anybody. Just like you always waiting for the next Mickey Mantle, everybody's always waiting for the next LT. Don't put that mantle on this kid. Don't ask him to be what Lawrence Taylor was, which was Superman. He's not going to be, I don't care how good somebody becomes, they're not going to be Mickey Mantle. They're not going to be Lawrence Taylor. Don't ask this kid, for this kid to be a home run pick. He doesn't have to be Lawrence Taylor. He just has to be himself and be a highly explosive, highly dependable, productive player at his position. Okay? There were some teams that worried about this guy. They worried about his off-the-field stuff. They worried about his whole persona, little full of himself, etc. There's no question what kind of talent he is. And there's no question it was a very solid pick. The Giants then turned around and said, we know we're going to get one of these. The way the board played, after what Houston did, we know we're going to get one of these offensive linemen. And they went out and they got themselves a guy, okay, who to me is a sure thing on the offensive line, an absolute sure thing. There were a couple of sure things on the offensive line in this draft. Neil, to me, barring something unbelievable, is a given. That's all there is to it. You're talking about a guy who has everything, size, talent. You know, there's nothing, okay, Nothing you're going to have a problem with. This guy is going to be a fixture for a long time, and the Giants now are set, okay, at tackle. This guy is massive. He's six foot seven. He's 335 pounds. He's massive. All right. He is going to be a force. I have no doubt about that. I have no doubt about this player. The Giants got two guys who are going to step in from day one and be foundation players. Now, am I worried about Thibodeau in New York? A little bit. Am I worried about the LT thing? A little bit. It could be a little bit of a tough transition for him. He would scare me a little bit, but his talent overweighs that. And Neil doesn't scare me in any way. I think he is an absolute stone-cold lock as a player. I think the Giants did as well as they could possibly have done 
at five and seven, filling very, very key positions with guys who can step in when you are going to pick this high and you don't want to pick this high again. And the Giants have got to be tiring of picking this high. You want to, a player who will step in and hopefully, hopefully be there for 10 years. You hope he's a Hall of Famer someday. Fine, that's great. You want to be able to draft when you draft a guy in the top 10. You hope you're drafting a Hall of Fame player. But you'd better be able to draft a player who can step into your team and start from day one and be a foundation player for you. If you didn't, you didn't do your work. Gardner's going to step in for the Jets and start from day one. Both players the Giants took are going to step in and start from day one. If they don't, you have a problem. Barring an injury, they're going to do that. That's what you expect from a player you take that high. You're a bad team. That's why you're drafting that high. And when you've been there year after year, you know what? You know there's a problem. So it has been such a bleak downtime for New York football. It was so refreshing to have a night where both teams got it so right. It has not happened in so long. Really, I don't think you can have a knock. Somebody might have liked a different wide receiver for the Jets at 10. I can argue that with you. It's debatable at best. Gardner, best player in the entire draft. The players the Giants got at five and seven cannot even quibble with either one of them a little. It was a, it reminds me of draft day where Frank Langella's character, the owner, says at the end, we had a big day. You know what? That's what they did. Both teams had a big day. And it's only the first round, but they had a big day. They did it. They had a chance to really help their teams, and they did it, and the Jets put a cherry on top by going back in, being aggressive, and getting a player who fills a distinct need. Both teams should be elevated by the players they took, and that's the idea. A couple of things about the early part of the round, the round in general. A lot of trades. I mean, surprising how many trades there were. The one that I really liked the fit of, and listen, it's hard to quibble when there's five or six wide receivers that are all lumped in and are about the same. Clearly, the Ravens sent a message to the team last night. There were some teams that had you scratching your head about things they did last night, but there were some messages sent by teams last night especially by the Ravens. They sent a big message to their team about the way they were going forward. There were always going to be some puzzling picks. I mean, that's just the way the draft works. There's always going to be some teams. Now, I know there's some debate about Walker at one. Jacksonville took Walker at one, despite he, that he wasn't as productive as Hutchinson was at Michigan. They're doing it based on potential. He potentially can be with the right leadership and the right coaching around him, 
can be a better player than Hutchinson. Hutchinson has played to a higher level and a more productive level, but he has already maxed out. That's what they were afraid of. Walker, the sky's the limit. Now they got to get him there. They can be wrong about him. With Hutchinson, everyone would have been fine. No one would have criticized it. Don't worry about the criticism right now. Worry about the player. Okay? Worry about the player. To me, Hutchinson is a guy who gives you everything he's got, but everything he's got is not as much as some of these other guys. And the fact that he wasn't as productive on a Georgia defense where you had 10 guys who could make plays, that's one of the reasons why he wasn't productive. The games weren't close a lot of the time. And there's 10 guys on that defense that can make a play. That's how good it was. That's how good it was. And that's why you don't worry so much about productivity there. You worry about talent, especially when you're picking first. You want to try to hit a home run. And they got a player who they thought could hit a home run. The other team that really interests me was the Steelers. I think the Steelers, who obviously need to go out and get a quarterback, went out and got a quarterback that they know. Nobody knows Pickett in the NFL like the Steelers do. He's been in their backyard, okay? They know everything about him. Everyone talked about his bad hand size and how that's going to hold him back, okay? This guy is a quarterback. He acts like a quarterback, okay? He handles himself like a quarterback. He leads like a quarterback. I think I'll be very surprised that he doesn't turn out to be a very, doesn't have to be a great player, a very productive player. For the Steelers. I think he was the right pick at the right time to walk in and be what that, te- that franchise needs. I like the pick. I like the reaction. I like everything about it. I think it makes so much sense. And the Steelers usually don't make a lot of mistakes in this area. I like the pick. I don't think he's you know, going to be an all-pro. He doesn't have to be an all-pro at the Steelers. He has to be a guy who can run the team and make a play when their play needs to be made. I don't think there's any reason why that kid can't do that. And I like the way he reacted. I like the feel of the whole thing. I think it was a very, very positive thing for the Steelers. Very, very positive. It wasn't a great quarterback draft. That's all there is to it. There weren't a lot of quarterbacks. When one quarterback goes on the first round, you know it's a light night because everyone is always looking to trade up and get themselves a quarterback. If there were some teams that sent messages, there's always a puzzling pick here or not. It's a draft. Nobody's wrong this morning. They can get criticized. You can tell me they reached. You can tell me which is the, you know, the sin in the draft if you reach. But nobody can tell me their team's wrong this morning. But you can always see a team that just did it right. And last night, 
the Giants and the Jets, and this has been a long time coming, they did it right. They did it right in a big way. And if you're a general this morning, you should be in a very, very unusual state. You should actually be in a state of happiness, which is something that is extremely unusual and has been unusual. Now to the draft for a second. Vegas was overdone. Let's not turn the NFL draft into a fashion show. I mean, that stuff was ridiculous. We're going to have players tell you what they're wearing. Who the hell? I don't come out, care if they come out in a pair of Bermuda shorts. Who cares what these guys are wearing? I mean, how mindless is that? I mean, that's where this is going to. And then we see the commissioner. I mean, come out in the lamest of ways. And the commissioner, you know, trying to act like he can introduce a rapper. And the commissioner coming out with Raider reinforcements so he doesn't get booed off the stage to start the draft. I mean, his act is so old there. It's just, it, 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 it's laughable. He is such a clown act at the draft. It, it, it just boggles the mind. He is nothing short of a clown act at the draft. But let's lose the fashion show, okay? It's still a draft. It's a show. And it's a very, very well-marketed show. And clearly it's a big night for these teams. They work on this for a long time. And it's a great way to sell that and then selling the schedule are two ways the NFL really puts some buzz into the offseason. People clamor for that schedule. Releasing it a week at a time is not a dumb thing either, but the NFL doesn't do a lot of dumb things in that area. But one thing that is just played out and so lame is the commission is rolling this thing. It is actually sadly comical. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan and you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli Podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.